Episode 133, Jessica Jones, Season 1, Episode 4, a.k.a. 99 Friends. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Welcome, Agents. The boys are back in town after a holiday rest. Yes, it's Dandy Daniel Butcher and... It's me, Ben. Ben Avery. Oh, yeah. How was the holiday treating you, buddy? Uh, fine. It doesn't sound to me like you got a Pop Lola. I did not get a Pop Lola. Hmm. I did not. Not even a... Maybe a... Black Widow with Captain America Shield exclusive to GameStop. Nope. Dang. Nope. 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 Wow, that's that's rough, nope. man. I did get a Hulk hand punching up through the ground, meant to go into your aquarium, that my son, my five-year-old, picked out on his own at the dollar store. You know what that sounds like to me? me? Taste. Yeah. yeah. That young man has taste, sir. So I, I did get that. I think that's actually probably the most Marvel of anything that happened over the the holidays as far as gifting went. But as far as, well, I mean, we talked about the movie stuff that in the last episode with Star Wars and all that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, it was a... Uh, hey, speaking of the green guy. Let's speak of we him. We should probably talk about an episode or two that he's mentioned a few times. Yeah, yeah. Is that what we're here to do? We're here to talk about what? Jessica Jones. We're, we're here to talk about Jessica and all 99 of her friends. That yeah. makes that Avengers an even hundred. I wonder if she's really counting them, but hey, let's talk about it. But first, I don't think, I think we have some news. What? News? Yeah, yeah. I better play the, uh, the news sounder. I don't know if we've ever heard this before. Well, this is the new Jessica Jones one that I'm doing. I put together. Uh, so this is the rough draft, so I don't know if this is what we're going to stick with for the remainder of the, the series. But yeah, um, so are you ready? I'm ready. I don't know if I am, but here it goes. It's news. News. Yeah. That was nice. I mean, it just tells you exactly what it is that's coming up. That, you are a multimedia genius. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. A savant. The, the tech that uh, that went into creating that you, you I think yeah, you'd be impressed. I'm gonna be honest I think I might have blacked out a little bit it was pretty pretty seamless um I I don't know if you could tell that it was anything different other than my own voice really so oh that was you I thought it was a a paid endorser uh yeah I I, I slipped myself a 50 oh since. we need to talk about that then yeah uh, I paid myself might be a little high well I, I paid myself out of my own pocket though Daniel it was it's okay. All right. Hey, our news though is actually related to Netflix, so it's good time news. Yeah, yeah. It's very good timing. The uh Daredevil well, teaser. It's questionable on the timing how good it is. Well, the timing for the teaser is great because it came out today and we were able to just talk about it here in the in the recording that we're doing right now. But um yeah, so the, the teaser is good. It's moody, you know, it's it's a teaser. Does what it the teaser really does. Show us anything new. No, no. I don't it's not meant to. It's just no, meant to say, hey, get ready because something's coming. You want to know about this. And then it gave us some news. And what is that news, Daniel? We're getting Daredevil Season 2, our next Netflix show, on March 18th. March 18th. So, not too far from now. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, I, I, is, is Agents even back by then? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um you know, it's it's clear that they're they're getting away from the whole let's schedule things around Ben and Daniel's schedules. Uh, they're getting more into you know just doing things on their own time, and I think we're gonna have to call up our high powerful friends um, and Kev see if they dog. see if they know anybody. But <laughs> yeah, March eighteenth, which is exciting on one hand because it's coming soon. On the other hand, 
it's a little intimidating because it's coming soon. So, and it's a day that's going to have a lot of TV on it, a lot of movies, a lot of geek stuff going on. What else is happening on March eighteenth? Well, Ben, maybe you should have been checking out some of the news. Let's let's Google March eighteenth, twenty sixteen, shall we? Go ahead. My computer's a little slow, um, and so am I. So. March 18th, 2016. Here, movies coming out March 18th, 2016. Here yeah. we go. Let's hear it. Um, did a Virgin series Allegiant? Okay, really, that's it. <laughs> that's exciting. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'll be honest. I, I thought there was something else going on that day. Oh, there it is. The next week is Batman versus Superman. Donald oh, okay. Justice. All right. So it is really, really close in there then. Yeah, so maybe that's why. Maybe that's why you know that day we're we're gonna totally geek out two weekends in a row. Well, some of us will. Yeah, some of us will, and some of us. I, I'm I'm wondering if I'm going to enjoy that movie because the the trailers aren't getting me excited for me. Well, they they promise us that there's another villain beyond the one they've already shown us that they shouldn't have shown us. Yeah, you know, but even that. It just nothing about the trailers gets me excited. And so I'm hoping that that it's a good sign. You know, I, I will be going in with these ex, uh, lower expectations and. Oh, Ben, it's going to totally disappoint. I don't know if you can disappoint my expectations right now. I don't know. Well, I, I did listen to a podcast earlier today in which you talked to your children about the Star Wars prequels and you seemed pretty disappointed. So yeah. I'm thinking yeah, over, maybe they did the business for us. That was an interesting episode. That was over at Strangers and Aliens. And I was I I had interviewed my kids about different movies, things before. And so I did a original trilogy with them, and then I did the prequel trilogy with them. And I was very surprised at some of the reactions to what they were saying. <laughs> Yeah, they've questions. got very particular likes that I don't think they match up with yours. Well, they certainly don't as far as this uh, particular set of movies go. I mean, I, I don't want to digress here, but I was really shocked that your girls actually saw romance. <laughs> uh, I want to talk to them about what romance means. Uh, yeah, that was one of those where not only did I feel like I failed them as a a father in, in terms of, you know, pop culture, but I felt like maybe I failed him as a father in terms of setting a good example for what romance actually is. Yeah. Like, do I need to be, you know, saying sweet things, you know, whispering sweet nothings to my wife, you know, more in front of them. And I, oh, man, go for a handhold, buddy, a, a good, solid handhold. Yeah. I mean, I, I constantly compare her to, to sand and, and dust and, Apparently, yeah. So. You know what my son always says? I don't. Mom, mom loves you more when you bring her flowers. Maybe less sand, <laughs> more flowers. That's that's actually a good line. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. Let, let's talk about 99 Friends. Yeah. Let's actually move into our our, uh, our calls uh, from you and I. The feedback that you and I sent on immediate reaction for viewing these episodes. So here we go. Preliminary investigation. Okay, if you've been listening to Welcome to Level 7 and our Netflix series, you know what we're about to do right now. And that is that Daniel and I watched these episodes earlier, and then immediately after the credits began rolling, at least close to immediately after credits I'm immediate. Rolling, we picked up our phone and we called ourselves on the Welcome to Level 7 hotline. So we could get our immediate reaction since we weren't recording this directly after. And so I've got a phone call here from you, Daniel, and I've got a phone call here from me. Which one do you want to see first or hear first? I guess you, you know can, what? Let's you can't see you. them. I can. Let's go with you just because I haven't heard it before. All right. <laughs> here comes my instant reaction upon watching episode four, 99 Friends. Hey, Daniel. Hey, future Ben. It's me, uh, present day Ben, who is your past Ben, and I am calling because I just watched the fourth episode of Jessica Jones, which is also known as 99 Friends. And I just have to say, Jessica's got 
99 problems, but friends ain't one of them. Know what I'm saying? You're not laughing, are you? Neither of you are. Uh, that's okay. It's not that good of a joke anyway. But, yeah, I do find it interesting that, and I hope you don't notice observation before uh, this phone call on this fourth episode that maybe you, no, I know you will, but I'm making it now. Anyway, and that is that you have two women who have been damaged in the past who are closing themselves off. Jessica, she can close herself off and go out and walk on the street. But Patsy, she closes herself off with artificial need of the safe room and the barricaded door and stuff like that. It's an interesting dichotomy, and it's something I'm sure they'll explore more. Um, you don't necessarily have to explore more. They've done a good job of it so far. But it's, it's an interesting thing. The other thing um, I've been wondering, and maybe future Ben, you could, you know, look into this, but uh, it seems like, uh, I think she's broken a window in every episode. Not sure, but the broken window gag, uh, if if she continues and does it for all 13 episodes, that'd be funnier, I guess, than right now. But she's breaking an awful lot of windows in weird places. Uh, support group. What a great idea. What a cool thing to have happen. Um, and a great way to bring together and again, bring out the, the horror of, of Kilgrave. And, uh, beyond that though, this episode, uh, feels like a connecting episode between the beginning and the, the middle, I guess, uh, where she's doing more investigation. And, uh, this, this episode really, uh, well, it, it feels not quite like filler because it's giving us important stuff, but it doesn't feel as uh, tense and exciting and, and plot-driven. Well, no, really, it is plot-driven, but it doesn't feel as, uh, I don't know what I'm thinking. It's late. Uh, one last thing, but I can't, oh, they, we asked for it. We were talking about it last time, uh, or at least I was talking about last time, which was uh, not a lot of connection to the outer you know, MCU. Well, again, we asked for it, and we got it. I don't know if I like it in the context of these two gifted hunters, I guess. Uh, but better than Heroes Are Born, I'll put it that way. And yeah, beyond that though, uh, I'm I'm still liking the show. Uh, it's just I think I think it hung up on me at that point. So you hung up on yourself. Well, the machine, the the whatever Google voice messaging, whatever it does, only allows three minutes, so it cut me off. So you've got 99 problems, and Google Voice is one of them. I've got slightly more than 99. I think I have 102. Oh. I, I lost track. So, uh, yeah, it's a very specific number. So uh, the MCU stuff, it was there, and we'll have to talk about it, <laughs> but. <laughs> Don't fly that flag, man. Let's let's move to uh let's move to yours. Ready? <laughs> Future Ben. Are you feeling paranoid? Like at any moment I could jump behind you and scare you, maybe take pictures of you? Ha! Take that, Future Ben. It's Dandy Daniel Butcher, and I'm out to create paranoia. Actually, as I got done with 99 Friends, I will admit, I wasn't overly tense. It's because I was paranoid. Sounds and bumps around me as I watched, they made me a little, a little worried. A little stressed out, a little not tense, but paranoid. Paranoid as can be. Are you paranoid, Ben? Ben, what can I do to make you paranoid? That's what I want to know. I do find it interesting in this episode that we see a, a thing that we had uh, happen in Heroes Reborn occur, where we have a, a specials killer emerging um, from the ashes of the Battle of New York. This, this person looking to kill people who didn't save the city, well, didn't save everyone in the city, but definitely, definitely the same sort of vibe I was getting with Heroes Reborn, where we had our serial killers. Uh, in this case, again, ties back to the MCU uh, and the Avengers, but it also really makes it clear to me that Civil War is coming. There are people who are upset with heroes, even people who were saved. And because of that, they're willing to take pretty drastic actions 
And as you know, legislation is coming. Uh, it was also nice to have a story that wasn't overly focused on Kilgrave. And I'm definitely paranoid. Um, I think as we've heard the uh, recovery group talk through their issues with Kilgrave, stories of child abandonment and guilt, um, we just have to worry about Malcolm a little bit more. Because maybe this is what's driven him to a life of drugs, depression, and general morose. So, there it is. I'm coming, Ben! You better hide. Be paranoid. Peace out later, bye. Where is it? What was that? <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I think, first of all, we'd like you to all answer the question, Ben. Uh, what? What can I do to make you a little paranoid, uh, I guess? Well, from where you are, you mean? Yes. Not not too much. Um, <laughs> I like how Me? you dance around. I'm not feeling tense. I'm just feeling, you know, stress. And basically, all these words that mean tense, but aren't the you word know, tense. <laughs> you know, Ben, that was a while ago. When... Well, kids, don't do drugs. Uh, the, the truth is, though, and, and we'll get into it, but this wasn't a tense episode, but it does play up that anybody could be anybody could be a a, a, a messenger of Kilgrave or a well, it's not traditional tense. No, but I mean, it is. I mean, she's running around. She's tense. She's trying. You know, did you talk to a British man? Uh, let, let's get into it. Yeah, Let, okay. let's let's move okay. on. Let's let's actually move into our next segment and talk about the episode and and get into some of these these details here. You're right, Ben. Let's do what we're actually here for. Right. And let's do it in the way we're supposed to do it by okay. playing Sounders. Surveillance report. There. Now I feel much better. We are doing this correctly. Y you know what, Ben? What You're are we right. doing? What, it's what? so much better with Sounders. <laughs> it is. Doesn't it sound great, Daniel? To yeah, you? before Sounders, I was like, just kind of going going my own yeah, way. But just, now. I mean, we would just let things happen. And now we can actually, you know, methodically plan them. And It's like organic. Yeah. Hey, uh, you want to talk about this plot? Sure. Let's do this. Okay. Let me, so, let's talk about the plot. Stop me at any point if you think I missed something or if you want to comment on something. But I have uh, kind of an outline here to, to get through about what the plot is. But then we also have some character things that I wanted to talk about. And I'm not sure how you want to do this. But um, yeah, you ready for this? Let's go. Okay. So we open up with Jer Jessica Jones going around town trying to figure out where the photographer was when her photos, photos that she found last episode were taken. That's paranoia right there, man. When she starts yeah. realizing, oh my goodness. But there's one good thing that came out of that. Luke's not in any of the pictures. So that's good. What's bad? Well, unless, of course, it means Luke took the pictures. Or it means that he's not going to be in the episode. Well, there's that too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the part that's not good. But she arrives home to find a client. Daniel, that's good, right? A client, a paying person, wants to pay you yep. to do your it's job. Good to get money. Yeah. You know, as they say, you know, Jessica's got to eat, right? She, she does. She's got to pay rent. She's got to buy windows. <laughs> she does because she keeps breaking glass. So this woman wants Jessica to track and then catch and then photograph her cheating husband in the act. But here's oh, the question, she, Daniel. And I, she I wants want graphic photos of this guy. Right. I mean, she's not just graphic photos. I mean, she is clearly sounding very angry at her husband uh, for for this this affair. Right. She's got nasty names for him. But, Daniel, was she sent by her lawyer, which is what she says happened, or by Kilgrave, which is what Jessica is afraid happen, is, is happening. And that's where we get her? paranoia. And can you blame her? No, you can't blame her. Especially you, as over to the top as this person is. <laughs> so, at this point, I'm wondering too, but... I think everybody's wondering if it's not Kilgrave sending her, then why are we even watching her come? Why does it matter? Well, and if Kilgrave did send her or if we're going to be paranoid about everybody, is Jessica ever going to work again? 
<laughs> well, and that's he, a legitimate fear. She wants to work again. And we'll get to that because she goes to Hogarth because the the firm that the lawyer is from is Hogarth's firm. And so she goes to her to find out, you know, is this guy on the level? Is he really with you? Because with attorney-client privilege, they won't give any information out about... She just needs a little confirmation about what where he works. Yeah. The job site. So after that, she gets a call from Trish because Simpson is at the door. And Trish is panicked that Kilgrave sent him to finish the job. More paranoia. Uh, and so Je- Jessica actually gets over there to help and, and they just reveal to Simpson, you know what? She's alive. It's okay. Move on. Chill out, bud. Yeah. Don't go crazy. So they got to take care of this. Than you already have. We got some problems here. And, and this, the main problem is this, this paranoia that they both have. Kilgrave has come after Trish and Kilgrave obviously is, is coming after Jessica. There's, there's obviously that problem. And so the solution, I want to know how you feel about this, Daniel. Is this a selling out? Is this a compromise of ideals? Because Trish goes on on microphone and starts praising Kilgrave, feeding his ego and apologizing for the words that she said about this amazing and unique man. Well, he is amazing and unique and homicidal. I mean, the thing is, is this is really pragmatism here. Yeah. This is staying alive. But um, here's here's my thinking. I wouldn't think it would work. Now, obviously, Jessica knows him better than we would, but. And I think that's it. I think what we find from this, if I had to guess, is ego. This man has incredible ego. And it needs to be fed. Because it does work. Yes. And uh, yeah, it, I mean, it absolutely does work. But my first thought would be, why are we even bothering? You know, let's let's get out of here. Uh, and of course, that's what Jessica well, was trying to do too. But but where's where would Trish hide? I don't you know. know. I don't know. She's Patsy Walker. She's international su- uh, superstar, <laughs> highest paid child actor ever. So here's what we have happening, though. They're walking around, and we just, again, more paranoia. Jessica sees someone with a camera and instantly thinks she's being photographed by this person. Uh, of course, it turns out that he's just photographing you know, the person he's with. But um, again, just the, every step, it's not high tension. It's, it's just this kind of simmering paranoia that we get in this episode. Uh, and Everyone part, is a potential threat. Right including her client. So she follows her client to f- see if this person, this woman has been killgraved. I like it. They, they verbed, they verbed this. And so while staking her out though, she sees the closed circuit television cameras that the city has out and realizes this is an opportunity to find out or to see who has been pho- photographing her. And so it's kind of these, these cameras within cameras, you know, we're going to, we're going to use the camera that's there to see if we can get a glimpse of the person who was taking pictures with their camera of her. It's, I like it. And it's a great idea. She contacts Simpsons to get the foot, the footage. Because a beat cop's going to get access to that. Well, you know, he's a little bit more than that. A little bit more. I think. I, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> so then we have a scene and again, this is the, this is a full 13 episode storyline because we just get these little dropped in scenes of different character moments for the different supporting cast. Hogarth brings her secretary, her lover to the restaurant where not only did she propose to her wife there, her wife just happens to be there. And it's very awkward. Jaren, your wife likes you more when you bring flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, one of those coincidental moments that brings up the drama, but triggers the, the coincidence meter in my, my brain. Is it really coincidence out of all the coincidences that you can have? Is this really the one you're going to just nail your flag on for heaven's sakes, man, they clearly live nearby Mm -hmm. to each other. 
I have a counter. They've got intertwined lives. I have a counter. How is this coincidence? This is coincidence because she just happens to be there the same day that Holgarth chooses to go there. And what about the coincidence that I listen to a podcast that you're on today, but I'm not? I don't. That sounds coincidental. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what to say to that. Continuing the client following, she follows her client to a very weird place, a very weird situation. There is loud music playing. The client has started, and it's to cover the noise of her as she practices shooting mannequins. Of course, the first place Jessica Jones goes to is she might be doing that because she's going to try to kill her husband if her husband turns out to actually be cheating. And... To be honest, based on what I've read in the comics, this is a pretty Jessica thought. The whole speech that Jessica's already given about how this is messy, again, it matches up with Bendis writing we've seen before, where he's given commentary through Jessica about how these things never end the way you want them to. You think you're going to be able to see these pictures and handle them, but once you see the actual proof, you will be crushed. It's difficult, yeah, and, and you can't she unsee sees it. somebody, she's cynical. She sees somebody in front of her who is preparing to be crushed and is going to do something violent. Who's already used violent words talking about this husband. And she is absolutely preparing for violence. But, of course, me watching – now I know because I've seen it a couple of times. But me watching it at the time, I'm thinking to myself, okay, she's setting herself up for some violence. But it's not what Jessica's thinking. I don't know where we're going with this though. So let's let's write it out and see what happens when we get there. But um, people are starting to pour into Hogarth's uh, offices. And there are people who claim that they were also mind controlled by Kilgrave. And so that coincidental scene, though, what that serves to do for us in this episode is that Jessica is asked by Hogarth to find dirt on Hogarth's wife, on Wendy. Uh, because they're going through a divorce themselves. But wait, didn't Jessica agree to look for dirt for the wife too? Uh, did she? She kind of did back in the doctor's office. But she didn't get what she was offering. But she didn't get what she, maybe that's the out. There we go. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't have to do that. But oh, thank heavens, because this is getting worried for Jessica. <laughs> but first, before she goes to do that. She's going to, and she agrees to, I mean, Hogarth has to pull out the, you owe me a favor thing. But before she does that, she's going to help sort through these people. So we get a montage of the people and some of them are clearly crazy. Some of them are looking for a scapegoat for their own indiscretion. And, and some of them an are excuse. hot messes. Uh, some of them are that, I guess. Some of them uh, are, were clearly though under Kilgrave's control. And, Jessica knows this. She hears these things. There, there's mundane things that they've been asked to do that a crazy person or someone looking for attention wouldn't necessarily think of. And Hogarth, uh, as as they're figuring these things out, Hogarth muses that it would be great to have his power, which is a nice little glimpse into Hogarth's worldview. And it makes JJ so angry that she breaks a window. Which it's kind of awkward. Uh, Her and Anakin stance, Skywalker but... will bring order to this galaxy. Yeah. yeah. So Simpson brings her the closer television footage. He's also acting paranoid. He gets invited to the group, but you know they're both not going to go. Jessica and Simpson, they don't need that. So she starts watching the thirty hours of that stuff, and it's great viewing. Uh, she's she, basically she's binge watches the street and I mean, Netflix probably could do that. Just, just put a closed circuit television, 30 hours of just people walking on the street, throw it on. People will binge watch it. It's there later though. We find out. Okay. So here is some proof that you should be paranoid because a little girl comes to Jessica just on the middle of the street and says, Patsy Walker is safe. Kilgrave liked her apology. And you're a jerk because you left him there to die in the street like a dog. And using naughty language using that naughty would language. get my children in, in trouble. Yeah. If that child used that language in school, she would have to flip her card from green to yellow. 
I think. Yep. Maybe even to Red. But in this case, she got a paycheck. <laughs> That's true. So it's it's not tense though. I I guess that's that's the thing is. See, I am a little tense. I I don't know if it's because I'm feeling sympathy as an audience member towards Jessica, but again, everything around Jessica has become a threat. So it's not like the tense that I feel on Agents of Shield. It really is paranoia. I'm paranoid for her because everyone but Patsy is someone who could potentially be watching her, looking to hurt her. We know that Kilgrave has got some sort of plan. He doesn't seem like a nice guy. So I am a little tense in the paranoid way. I'm uncomfortable watching. And and this is a feeling I do have throughout a lot of this series, is, is a feeling of of just discomfort. Uh, and, and this is what I'm feeling right now, watching this. I feel uncomfortable watching this little girl use this kind of language. And speak for a man who has hurt so many people. And there is a little bit of a feeling of, are they going to go there and have him hurt a child? Because they've had children wetting their pants and things like that with him. But we haven't seen a child get directly hurt by him. But yeah, so Simpson goes back to Trish. He wants to make things right. So he brings her a gift. It's not flowers. It's a gun. He says, I want to tell you I love you. With a gun. (laughs) Oh, Garrett. John Garrett, you never get old. (laughs) Yeah. He'd make a nice addition here. uh, If it took place in the right time period for him. Then Jessica follows the cheating husband, still wondering if the wife was Kilgraved. So she's being careful. And that's probably good in this situation that she was paranoid. She was just paranoid for the wrong reason. Because the couple is waiting there together and they are killers. They want to kill people who are gifted because they lost family in the Battle of New York. And Jay, Jessica, I, in my notes, put JJ. So I'm trying to uh, Jessica flips out on the couple and go just lays into them. You don't get to be the only people who have pain. Other people have pain and they deal with it. And they don't, you know, try and find someone else to pin it on and then try and kill them. And then she intimidates them because they want to know how many friends she has that are like her. Here's where we get our title. She says she has 99 special friends just in this borough alone. (laughs) And if you don't want us to come and get you, we are going to check on you every day. And this, for me, is really the best part of the episode. It this is. segment. Uh, a, Jessica's speech. It's raw and it's real. It really is. It's impassioned and it's emotional and it comes from, we don't know what exactly with her. But, but, but I think it has a tone that people can resonate with because everyone's got their stuff. Everyone has their damage of some sort. Um, you and I have both had conversations in the past behind the scenes that aren't for everyone else about some of our damage and how we do or do not move past them. And what she's presenting here is a very authentic, realistic, and raw speech about dealing with your stuff. Yeah, yeah. And these people, I mean, they clearly, they're hurt. They're hurting, especially the the woman, uh, I can't remember her name is, uh, but there's reason to hurt and that in itself is not wrong. It's not wrong to hurt when something happens that hurts you. What's wrong is when you try and find that scapegoat that has either nothing to do with it or, you know, it's, it's that misplaced anger and they're going to kill Jessica because aliens came and caused their, their own family to be hurt. And then to add it on, the fact the Avengers didn't save their loved one. Right. Not Jessica, but the Avengers. And this is where you get into that kind of interesting question, you know, where here we are and we watched that movie. And in that movie, is there any mention of any victims? No, they don't get into any of that with the victims of just the collateral damage. 
But here we get it. I mean, we get it again. Daredevil gave it to us. Jessica Jones is giving it to us. And it's it's tragic. It's tragic. We were there for all the rah-rah moments and the moving camera that moves from hero to hero as they're doing, you know, Hulk does his thing and lands next to Thor and Thor uses his hammer to hit an alien that smashes into a wall next to Captain America who uses his shield and helps Black Widow who turns around and saves him with his with his own shield. You know, it's just that moving camera and we were all just like, yeah, Joss Whedon, woo! But, but let's be fair. In Avengers, we basically, you know, we might see the occasional body not moving, A-team style. But really, other than seeing civilians up close once, the only aftermath we see is really shawarma. And the next time we really address it and think about it is what? Winter Soldier? Mm-hmm. And he's already changed cities. Yeah. It, so it's not like he lives here. But here, and with Daredevil, we've got 13 episodes to linger on what the aftermath is. Well, we did now, it in S.H.I.E.L.D. too. Yeah. We did it in Agents yeah, of S.H.I.E.L.D. But again, there's a, there's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. were moving around, and what we deal with the aftermath there is... It's, we, we basically deal with the same kind of aftermath we dealt with with 9-11, where you had the, mm-hmm. the, the rescue workers who came in and, and were, were damaged by or their health was damaged by it. But that was really just one episode, you know... I'm just saying, aftermath for Avengers was, woo, they won, and then we get these things happening here and, and these yeah, but little here, stories and, of the people that we didn't see in the movie. Now, the other things I like here, again, we're, we keep talking about Avengers tie-ins. I, this is definitely leading towards Civil War because it shows us an MCU where not everybody likes Captain America. Mm-hmm. People have grudges against these heroes. Now, the part I may not like about these linkages is why can't we say Hulk and Captain America? Why do we say Flag Waver and Green Guy? Well, now, for this I have two time possible around, theories, Ben. Okay. I have two possible theories. Are you ready? I'm ready. Theory number one. The general public in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is actually unaware of every superhero but Tony Stark, who is, in fact, Iron Man, as seen in his press conference. So they might see these faces, they might hear these voices, and they might see the aftermath. But in general, it's not like CNN and Fox News has picked up on, that is, the Hulk. I would agree with the Hulk on that. And I would agree with possibly Thor, definitely Black Widow, and Hawkeye, that... You don't call him the Hulk. Why? Because why would you think to call the great big giant green guy the Hulk? You'd call him the green guy or the giant muscle guy or something. Well, like maybe that. only historians know about Captain America. Mm, Captain America, though, I think it's a little different. What's your second theory? And then I'll, I'll give you my theory. Kevin told him to not use the names. Hmm. You want to hear my theory? Yeah, I want to hear it. Jessica Jones is sarcastic. And... Mm uses you know the flag waver and the green guy because she's flippant and sarcastic and sardonic. That's that's my theory, at least for this particular moment. She'd probably have something to say about toy companies that spoil future movies. <laughs> she just might at that. You know what, Ben? What? When we're done with this little show, we've that music sent playing, I want to talk to you about that little movie. That movie. It's a man movie real quick. Oh, okay. We can do that. Okay. So, boom. That's that's them. They're done. And what's kind of nice about them is because of the paranoia that Jessica's feeling, we have this little story that has nothing to do with Kilgrave, but it has everything to do with Kilgrave. She's dealing with that client in, you know, kind of a one shot, what would be an issue of a comic or what would be. If this was a TV show on, you know, for 22 episodes in the 90s, let's say, this would be an episode. But because of Kilgrave and the paranoia that he's he's brought up, this is all about Kilgrave without even having any connection to him other than Jessica. It's it's nice because we're able to stick with the theme 
of the 13 episodes, but go off on a little bit of a sidetrack. So I like it. I like it much, much better than than our, our hero killers in Heroes Reborn. Uh, what's your thought there, Daniel? Well, and I like the fact that, you know, she, the hero killers here get their comeuppance. They, we have Jessica say something very true and real. Again, there's a lot about this show that just feels real. And so I like the outcome of this. Um, I like the way Jessica handles it because she handles it in a very Jessica way. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I, I dug this storyline, and I did like the fact that it didn't really have to be about Kilgrave. But it is still about Kilgrave. It is because of Jessica. <laughs> right. But it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of course you do. We just said it. So from here we go, and we kind of wrap things up here. Uh, Trish is connecting with Simpson, and she lets him in, but she's holding the gun. So... It's, She's letting him in, but she is being very, very cautious. Jessica, she's on the street and she's paranoid with all the people walking around. What's she going to do about it? And we get a little kind of a strange moment here where she just closes her eyes, spins around, opens her eyes. And it's like she's she's ready to move forward. And and I like it. I, I I'm trying to figure out what is she doing? And then you kind of realize she's just trying to process this. She's just trying to figure out. How can I live like this? And I, I believe that she's kind of come to the conclusion. She can't live like this. She has to change that. She goes to the survivors group. And in the survivors group, she hears a little bit and realizes she's got some clues here. She hears someone talk about Kilgrave making him drive him around. And Kilgrave received a delivery of some pictures from someone who had a blue and white striped scarf. And so she and, goes, goes back. And to maybe this guy knows how to find that guy. Well, and she goes to the footage and sees from the CCTV footage who it was. And it's her neighbor, Malcolm. Oh, Malcolm, you little druggie. Mm. Drugs so are bad. Final image. Listen to my phone call from earlier. <laughs> final image. A tear trickling down her cheek. You broke my heart. Yeah. If only she had said that, that would have been funny. I don't think it would have been funny. I think it would have been out of place and make us hate it. Well, maybe there, but that's just my opinion. Uh, who knows? Yeah. You're yeah, just yeah. one crackpot. We, we, we can't know unless it happens, you know, it's just one of those things that that's what you keep saying. Yeah. So there is that. I mean, Again, we said it. It's not a story about Kilgrave, but it's totally a story about Kilgrave. So here's what we have then. We have Trish, and I wrote down some things about her. She's traumatized. She's traumatized. And well, a dude did try to kill her. He did, and that's you get that nice moment where... And, and there's a reason why people aren't allowed to touch her. Yes. Which we still haven't had fully developed. Without her permission. But it's, 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 they're not allowed to touch her without her permission. And he, he says when he sees her, how can you be all right? And she pulls her scarf down. I am not all right. You got the marks there from when he was trying to kill her. Um, but then we also find a little bit more about her mom. Her mom, um, traded favors to get her the teen choice award, traded favors with the judges there. And, I'm not sure how much of that is true or how much of that is just a image of her character rather than, you know, the absolute truth. But um, the other thing was the way she made Simpson leave the gift at the door and then walk to the end of the hall so she could open the door and bring the gift in. Uh, but on the other hand, that's that's a slow melt where she is letting the gift in Um but then also it's nice because the gift that she brings in is something she can use to protect herself when she lets Simpson in. she holds her gun in her hand as they sit at the table talking to each other. And yeah, so that's, that's Trish. Any, any thoughts about Patsy Trish? Walker? No, I get, we're, we're hearing more about her mom. 
we still don't fully understand what the connection is with her and Jessica. But she's deeply – I mean she had some sort of abuse before. That's why she's got a fortress. Now she's almost been murdered. Even if she knows this guy's been killgraved, that face has to haunt. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't imagine. I. Well, we'll get there with the next episode. <laughs> so, uh, Simpson, what do we do know about him? He's also paranoid. Um, he wants to see himself as the guy who's saving people. He is very distraught about the idea that he's a murderer. Yes. Yes. Well, and, and that's another kind of realistic feeling. I think if, if you, I mean, obviously we're not going to be mind controlled into t- attempted murder, but I'd feel pretty awful if, if I was. Well, and you also get a sense sometimes that even though they're mind controlled, you still kind of want to do these things. He makes you want to do the thing, sort of, because you also get the impression that they're doing this, these things, and as they're doing them, in their mind, they're saying, I don't want to do it, but they're doing it anyway. At least that's the impression I get, I think. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. He also says, I got your six. Now, is that something that, is that police talk? Sounds very military to me. Yeah, that's 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 another little hint, a little clue here. Uh, and then finally, he wants to help Patsy. He wants to help Trish. So he's pressing in on Jessica to, to try and help. And she's she's just, no, no, get out of here. Just stop. Just be done with it. Just be done with it. And honestly, I didn't think we were going to see Simpson again. And when he showed up in this episode... I thought, oh, okay, so he's back, but he'll be gone. And then, nope, he's invited in. And, and now I get the sense we're going to see him again. Uh, I, I'm wondering how how often we're going to see him. Well, I, I remember, you know, when we heard about the Malcolm casting, that there was a mention of a reoccurring police officer. Well, he's reoccurring. But <laughs> the way we do things, we don't talk about other episodes. So we will not talk more about that. Um... So with Jessica, we learn that she lost her parents in a random accident. So that's a nice little element to the mystery here. Um, she she has this realization of knowing how it feels to have someone watching your every move. And the other thing that I put down for her was when when Trish said, I think it was Trish said, he isn't here now. And then Jessica points at her head and says, he's always here. He's always here. And this is this is trauma. This is... And paranoia. <laughs> and paranoia, yeah. But, uh, I mean, he's traumatized her. He has deeply, deeply affected her and deeply, deeply wounded her. So. Yeah, from there, I did keep track of a lot of the different things that Kilgrave did. Smile and don't stop is what he told one woman. He told another one to play the cello. Made a man give him his jacket. And then there was, like you mentioned before, the child abandonment. Leave your son behind and be my chauffeur. And nobody believes him that somebody made him do it. Well, would you? No. no. You know, I do love that scene. And, and maybe I should have mentioned it more. With the montage? How much I do appreciate that whole collage. Oh, I loved it. And the thing that I love about it is, hey, Jessica can smell through to the truth. But part of it is, is we all can too, because it's the little things mm-hmm. and the things that seem less dramatic. The, the mundane, that yeah. Are, that are the truthful things. You know, he made me play my cello. The minute she said that, you're like, yep, mm-hmm. killed great. He told me to smile and not stop. He took my clothes. Not he made me do, rob a bank or he made me do, you know, if, you know, he took my clothes. We'll describe them. They look like, oh, yeah, that's his sort of thing because he's a man of class and style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there was the one guy that I liked the most who I wonder if he was actually not lying. But he talks about the thing he saw falling from the sky and then a man walking up from the water. And all I can think is, you know, they can't do anything with Submariner. But if this is MCUing Submariner right now, with the legal obligations that they have to deal with, I am 100% for it. Dude, give yourself a no prize. I'm not going to give myself a no prize. Well, I'm not going to give it to you. Well, then I guess I'm not getting it. You're not. 
Does that mean no, I got a prize? You didn't hit the button. Yeah, I do have the button right here, but yeah, I like it. It made me chuckle. Okay, well, I'm glad I made you chuckle because spoilers. Did you hear he's dead? What? Submariner. I don't want to hear this. Squadron Spring got him. I don't want to hear this. It's comic book. Yeah, he'll be back. And I'm not really a big fan of him anyway. So, just because I like Aquaman doesn't mean I like all superheroes underwater. Seriously, are you excited about Dan Abnett coming to Aquaman? I don't know. I am. I'm not following that book. So, well, you don't need to until Dan Abnett comes on. Dan <laughs> Abnett is who made Guardians of the Galaxy, dude. He brought him back. It's true. It's true. All right, Without Daniel. Dan Abnett, we would not have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. That's true. That's true. I'm not even. I'm not even joking. His Guardians is the team we see on the screen, and fantastic. It's true. All right, are you ready to move on? I am. Let's let's move on to some listener feedback, and then we'll rate this episode. Okay, ready? Witness statements. Hey, Daniel. Yep. Uh, there is no listener feedback, so shall we move on and rate the episode? <sighs> well, I guess, agents, you know what your mission is. <laughs> well, it's the weird recording schedule, and it's the out-of-date material that we're talking about. I think there's, you know, the holidays had something to do with it. but I'm just saying, don't send us feedback for AKA the sandwich saved me. Well, no, they could still send oh, you feedback. Know you could, you could. The feedback just won't appear in that episode because yeah. of the recording schedule that we're doing. So it'll appear in a later episode. But yeah. Okay, Ooh, let's let's move on. Send us feedback for the sandwich. They mean you should. Yeah, because yeah, that's a well, we'll talk about it in our next episode. I'm going to stop right now, play our next sounder and let's give our ratings for this episode. Final report. All right, Daniel. So here we are at the end of another episode. We need to wrap this up. And as we do with Netflix episodes, we give it a rating. One out of five for Daredevil. It was Billy Clubs for Jessica Jones. It's uh, for this one. Uh, uh, surveillance video. Sure. Fit photos. Sur photos. Surveillance photos. How many surveillance photos out of five, Daniel, do you give... 99 friends. Ooh, that's an that's a that's a tough question there, Ben. I mean, it was a really good episode. So I think I'm gonna have to go with a big four surveillance photos. You know what, Daniel? I think for me, this episode really deserves a nice solid four surveillance photos out of five. I'm gonna i I'm gonna back you up on that, buddy. I think that back we are together here and you know, we're not raving about it, but at the same time, it's just a strong series. And it's a lot like Daredevil, where I felt like the, the level of quality just maintained throughout. Uh, I feel like the level of quality here is even more just maintained. It's just really, really good, uh, but not perfect. And so there it is. That's I, I think it was a fair rating. All right. You gave it. Well, I, the, it, let me get that again. That was a, a, a big four. And, and for me, it was a solid four. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, if you want to suggest what we should be doing with, with uh, the ratings, I mean, we took, we took our suggestion last episode and we really appreciated that. So we will take your suggestions, uh, assuming it's um, clean, clean. Yeah. <laughs> assuming we don't have to add an explicit tag to our iTunes. That will get uh, us in trouble with some folks if we had to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually. Yeah. We'll, we just, we'll, we'll make it clean nobody will know though if you suggested something that we can't do it'll only be us and you that knows we are not going to say that little tommy nelson from thomas nelson that's a, tommy that's a christian publisher <laughs> but i don't know why that okay so how about joe johnston joe johnston joe, okay we're not going to say your name we're not going to say yeah they suggested something we can't do you know because we're, we're not what did joe that. johnson ever do Exactly. We're not going to do that to you, but um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And I, I thank you for listening and thank you for supporting us on Facebook, supporting us on iTunes, giving us those ratings that we really appreciate those. They help people find us and yeah. So. Except yeah. for you, Jimmy <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> we don't appreciate you. 
deviant behavior. What happened there, Ben? I don't know. Hey, I think it's time for us to shut this thing down. <laughs> you know, I, I really hope no one contacts their lawyer about anything like Tommy or Joe get upset. Joe directed an entire movie. I know, I know. An MCU movie, no less. I know. I'm just hoping that, that no one contacts us to try and... He designed Boba Fett. I'm just hoping that no lawyers contact us about anything that we just said about these two people who were supposed to be just, you know, fake. And they turned out to have real names. But, you know, there's really only one thing worse than being contacted by by a lawyer, Daniel. You realize this, right? I mean, I mean, you know what people hate more than litigators? Puppy killers. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. And you can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level 7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level 7 pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is I Knew a Guy and On the Ground by Kevin McLeod at IncomTech.com, licensed under the Creative Commons license. Ben? Yeah, Daniel? I did it. What'd you do? Well, for Christmas, one of the things that I got was Ant-Man. Oh, I wanted to get that. So, I watched it. Yeah? Watched it with the kids. Mm-hmm. They they hadn't seen it. And, uh, well. Did they like it? Yeah. Yeah. And you know who else liked it? Uh, Mrs. Butcher? No, she didn't watch it. Oh, well, I guess that would make it so she couldn't couldn't like it if she didn't watch it. So, okay. I liked it. Uh, that's weird. Yeah, because that was totally weird to me. It I distinctly me remember you not liking it. Correct? <laughs> well, again, I followed your advice. Yeah? And what was I my advice? Myself, sit back and have fun. Oh, okay. And it was a fairly fun movie. I would agree. You know what else I, I, would, think I would absolutely agree with you. I think there's another thing about it. What is it? I think it works better on a smaller screen. I think there's just so many scenes with people versus action and battle. It's not like Age of Ultron. It's got these big, glorious campaign battle scenes. You know, we we have that. They're tiny scenes, literally. (laughs) But a lot of this is talking and interacting and just drama and comedy on the screen versus punchy punchy. And I think it worked better on the TV. Sweet. I'm glad, so I I'm glad to hear. I've, I've actually put it in. I'm going to. It's above Thor for me. I, I I am glad to hear this, Daniel. Yeah. Very glad. Just doing my part. Will, willing to say that I like something when I actually did in the end. I'm glad you came over to the dark side or to the right side. Which or the tiny my side. side. Yeah. And you know what else? I don't. Tell me. I'm excited. I'm excited to see him in Civil War now. <laughs> nice. Well, you've heard. Well, I, I shouldn't say anything because it, it yeah, could be a spoiler. I mean, thank you, toy companies. Is that what you were going to say? The toy company? The, is that the spoiler you're talking about? Yeah. The, the thing that they showed in their catalogs. If that is a true spoiler, and I will not say what the spoiler is. I'm not even going to mention what it has to do with. Is the it, pop I want. It, yeah, that's that's also a thing. But if it's true. I'm kind of excited about it. I'm I'm pretty pumped about it. And, and it, the movie sets it up for it to happen. They have the technology. Hey, uh, Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a podcast that I listen to that they did an episode that was the, the science of Ant-Man. And if you can get past some, some maybe incorrect uh, portrayal of some of the elements of the, the comic characters, uh, there's some really neat stuff there about shrinking technology and if it's possible or not and um, quantum universes and 
and uh, how ants work and stuff like that is really is, is pretty fun. There you go. Maybe I'll give it a spin. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good. I'm glad to hear. I I feel uh, vindicated. I don't feel like it's a repenting. No, no. Just an agreement that in a different situation, a less critical setting, and perhaps a smaller television. It's all good. Excellent. Glad to hear it. I'm glad you had fun with it. Even more than even more than I'm glad that you actually agree with me. I'm glad you had fun with it. Yeah, I still didn't care when Anthony died. Uh, he's an ant. Yeah, that that's the thing. Is he he's an ant. Yeah. Hard for me to feel attached. Because he's an ant. Yeah. <laughs>